And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I am your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Monday, is my good friend, Michele Barra. Michele, what's up? Well, um, I hoped for a game, and we didn't have a game. I woke up anyway. This is terrible. I mean, I woke up at 5 a.m. to watch the game and just to read John's line. Well, turns out, no podcast today. Yep. Uh, man. So, yeah, I was about to head out the door yesterday. I was fully dressed, ready to go, wearing nice clothes, as I only do when I go to Thunder Games now, because that's the only <laughs> only place I go that, should, that requires it. I guess they really don't even require it, but I just like to... You know, put on a little button-up shirt every now and then. Uh, head out the door and then get the uh, the alert from from Woj and Mark Stein and Sham Sharania that the game has been postponed. So the Thunder don't play last night at home against Philadelphia, which was a real bummer because I, I would have liked to see Ben Simmons because it would have been the Ben Simmons show last mm-hmm. night and kind of see what he could do, uh, especially post-trade because I know pre-trade – he was not performing well. And yeah. some people think it was because he was getting wind that he was basically on the block. And so maybe now, maybe they can let him loose a little bit, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see on that. The Thunder did hold practice in place of the game last night. So they cleared the arena from what I've heard. They cleared the arena and then the Thunder went ahead and held practice where they scrimmaged and did practicey thing so it's cool it's great didn't get to see it wish we could have seen it uh because that, that actually would have been pretty cool to stop and see what their practice was like they could have broadcast that maybe that would have done some numbers there thunder <laughs> come on yeah, i'm not sure they could do that but i would love to see a practice like full practice just to yeah. see what it's like i mean it's it's not the blue and white scrimmage i really want to see it one single practice i know that if you look at every single practice maybe you get away your competitive advantage but just just one just a single one that's yes come on yeah just give us just give us a peek behind the curtain thunder let's see it uh quick quick little shout out to the stream team we got jonathan from sweden on here we've got we've got several people um we've got garrett from arkansas on the stream (laughs) We've got Christos from Greece, as always. We have Sam the Man from New Zealand. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for sticking with us, even after the Steven trade. We appreciate you being here. Uh, Hope everybody's doing well on this Martin Luther King Jr. Day here in the United States. My kids are out of school, so we spent the entire morning just uh, discussing Martin Luther King Jr. and his efforts, and there's actually some pretty good content out there for kids on YouTube, so... Huge shout out to YouTube, and I uh, hope everybody's doing great. Uh, also, this this news blessed our Twitter timeline this morning. Kevin Porter Jr. 
apparently yeah. got super duper miffed that they gave his locker to Torian Prince. And he was apparently given the disrespectful spot of the locker room, which definitely does exist in a locker room. Uh, there are different corners of locker rooms that mean different things. And he was shoved in the, hey, maybe you're not quite a rotation player kind of corner. And he was mad and apparently threw food. Most people on Twitter would like to know if it was soup because there's been soup thrown in that same locker room before by a guy who's very similar to him and J.R. Smith, same position, same mindset. Uh, just interesting that, that the Cleveland Cavaliers continue to have guys that throw food that play yeah. a shooting guard position for them. But the main question is, with, with the news that they're going to either have to waive him or trade him, if you're the Thunder, would you take a chance on him, McKelly? <clears throat> I don't know. Um, I trust the Thunder to be able to create um, a very good environment for a guy like Porter to develop, grow as a human being, like they did with Dion Waiters and Dennis Schroeder. I think that Dion and Dennis are two very different type of personalities. Yeah. One, I think, was... I mean, he, he had, like, issues in Atlanta, but... Like, serious issues. With Dion, though, you saw him in the first year in OKC and the second one, and then one good year in Miami, but then he came back to probably being just Dion. So I don't know if it's just OKC being able for a limited amount of time to deal with some sort of personalities. Um, because we also have the Mitch McGarry example, where, yeah, they kind of kept it quiet and he basically was shown the door and everything like it wasn't disruptive i would say but it was not like a a good development for him Mm -hmm. it was really in a bad situation um in terms of like not not the thunder like he in terms of being a nice person that behaves and go to work and stuff like that so i don't know um the talent is there i mean uh but What's the cost? I mean, if I have to pay, I would not spend anything to get him. If it's there and you have to, say, give away a second rounder, uh, highly protected, just to try it for a couple of months and see, maybe. But I would not really make a trade with Cleveland. I would not give up uh, Hamidou Diallo for him. No. That cost me a lot, like to say that out loud. To give value to the hunt. <laughs> which, hey. which implies that he's worth more than a, than a protected second rounder. I'm not he at sure least works. Like he at least works. Oh yeah, oh yeah, clearly. I mean, no, 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 this is, no, this is, um, in terms of the, th- the, the actual roster, the, the current roster of the Thunder, in terms of guys that are hard workers, it seems like constant between all the, the guys that are here. And, mm-hmm. and, and this is like credit to the front office of, picking the right personalities. And yeah, Hami clearly is working on his skills. Uh, even the jump shots that I really hate to watch are going in and is clearly working on that. Well, going in at a certain rate, but it seems to be working on those things. The touch around the basket, he's improving. He's not just dunking. He's doing finesse uh, around the basket. So I'm, I'm sure it's working like crazy. Yeah, definitely. And Porter... He's got a ton of talent. He's a guy that I really liked. Just his talent in the draft process. There was word mm-hmm. about 
this attitude uh, yeah. way before he got to the NBA. I mean, it's it's been a thing that's followed him for a long time. So it makes me think there's just really no way the Thunder would actually do this. But mm-hmm. uh, Nate27, there's lots of proposals out there. There's lots of people in the stream that say, no way, wouldn't touch him. I totally get that. Uh, he says, Nate27 says, Mascala for Porter and a second-round pick. So they would have to incentivize the Thunder to take on Porter, essentially. And get another big man? How many do they have? Like <laughs> You have you think seven. Don't don't limit them on what they can do with big men. Uh, yeah, but that yeah, that sure. kills two birds with one stone. You get you get an asset back, and you get rid of just the anti tank commander and Iron Man, Mike Muscala, who's trying to destroy the tank. But instead of doing these trades that involving auto involving Kevin Porter Jr. Why yeah. Cleveland? Like, I know that Cleveland has guards, but what about George Hill for Turin Prince and whatever asset they want to give us? Yeah. Just to see. I mean, they're clearly ahead of the curve. They want to be better than what they are. Prince is not better than George Hill. It's just another contact that might help you win. George Hill is a vet that you can ship yeah. in the free in the postseason if you want. I don't think Prince helps you. I mean, Prince might be a player when it comes to winning games because exactly. he doesn't really defend, which should be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. It's it's great for us. I mean, it's uh, it's another guy that you don't have to play. You can play Pokushevsky ahead of him, and well, you see. I mean, yeah, you, you just have it out there, like Justin Jackson, another guy that you know when he's out there. Uh, with the second unit, it it's probably going to be bad. And if it's not bad, you reevaluate some player that may have value in the future. So, yeah, no, that makes sense. Uh, James Anderson, four hundred five fan, says George Hill for Prince and Porter Jr. I need another asset. Like Porter Jr. is not an asset at this point. If they're leaking to reporters that they're going to have that they're going to get rid of him one way or another, and it's either through trade or waiving him. That probably means they're going to end up waving him. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, if if the cat's out the bag already on Porter, right? Also, why is why are the only Porters that are in the league, both of them are Porter Jr., by the way? Which is just that's just a thing. I don't know. It's just a funny thing. But know. yeah, he's likely to get waived. And then may spend I don't know if he'll have to spend time in the G League or if there's a team that will just pick him up. But you don't have to give up anything for him. No, absolutely. All, I mean, in all likelihood, if you want him on your roster, <laughs> just wait, just wait. Mm-hmm. And the Thunder don't have a roster spot right now, but it's—I would be surprised if they didn't expand these NBA rosters with what's been going on with these teams. Mm-hmm. If they want to continue to trudge through this season, which there is every single indication that that's what the NBA wants to do. Yeah, is that this is the sacrificial lamb season? Let's get it over with please. And I think, oh, there are three Porters. You're right. There are three Porter juniors, Otto, Michael, and Kevin. That is wild. Thank you. Switching channels on the, on our YouTube stream. That is very wild and weird. Never put that together until this very minute. But I read something very offensive in the YouTube chat feed. What's that? Someone Darius, how can you suggest Cambridge and the second and two seconds? For Kevin Porter Jr. No, 
no, no. I love Kenrich. I am close to just saying stupid things about Kenrich Williams. But I don't I don't care. I don't want even to qualify him as dude guy, like I don't know, a random player. I just love the guy, how he plays on the court. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. care about the results. He's a guy that I would love to have at the end of the bench because if you need yeah. five minutes of awesome defense and athleticism and um, like knowing that he will not screw up, this is Kenrich. And is he worth two millions? Probably not. But I'm sure that if you give Kenrich for free to Brooklyn, they will say, oh, really? Yeah, immediately. And even if they have to pay a second rounder, they will probably say, well, maybe yes, maybe not, because they, they need to be judicious with their second rounder since they have nothing to trade in the future. But a guy like that will play ahead of TLC and or, well, Brown, maybe not. I don't know. In He will fight for minutes. So, no, can reach for not even straight up. No, not even straight up. No, <laughs> I wouldn't. I like him. I like him. I need there's I need more time with him, but I like him. I like him a lot. But but the beauty uh, is that you don't have to invest. Like this yeah. is a guy where you can say, I just I I have no idea how we look look like <clears throat> how he looks like in a in a very competent NBA team, and I don't care because we are not up to this point. So and he's helping. He is mm-hmm. clearly helping. Um, which you can say it's good or bad for OKC, but. If you put Justin Jackson in place of Kenrich, the the second unit will not be as good. That I am very positive today. Yep, I agree. Yeah, so our general take on Kevin Porter Jr. is just wait. And if you want him, maybe you can pick him off the scrap heap. If not, he's not really worth the struggle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> He's just not worth the struggle. Yeah. If if he if the Thunder see something in him, they bring him in, great. But uh, he's he's overall just not worth the struggle. Uh, the Thunder do play. Their Thunder hit the road for five consecutive games upcoming. They have Denver in Denver on Tuesday. On Friday night, they get the Clippers. And then on Sunday, they play the Clippers again. Then they turn uh, right around the next day and play in Portland, second night of a back-to-back. That's a tough back-to-back. Portland has not been playing well. But mm-hmm. to get them second night of a back-to-back off of playing the Clippers the afternoon before, that's tough. And then Phoenix to finish off is next next Wednesday in Phoenix. So this road trip is really tough, and I feel like we can learn a lot about who this team is. I mean, honestly, if they get one of these games, mm-hmm. I'll be pretty impressed. Yeah, which means that they could end the trip 7-10. and 10. Is that? Yeah. Uh, they are six and six right now. Yes, yeah. so yeah, um, I would be. Yeah, I think that the likeliest outcome is that they win one. Yeah. Um, especially because you don't know who you're going to play. Like, mm-hmm. will it be the Clippers without one of the stars? Uh, would it be Portland without one of the two stars on the top of uh, the guys that they are already missing? And yeah. then, I mean, if you take out Lillard and Nurkic. Then all of a sudden, OKC is not that bad. <laughs> like, if they have yeah. the full roster to to use, then, I mean, 
they can compete. I mean, uh, yeah. they would not be favored by any means, but CJ plus Ennis plus Covington is not all that better than what OKC has. No, I mean, you take away their their very best player. Yeah, exactly. By, by a mile. Yeah. Then probably their third best player in Nurkic. Yeah. And yeah, there's yeah, and they haven't been playing well period so far this yeah. season. So that's that's a problem. But they also will likely not have Horford the Thunder. I mean, they haven't had Horford because of personal reasons for him recently. But they he'll I think he'll be back with the Thunder on this road trip, but he'll I mean, he'll miss he'll likely miss that game in Portland. And yeah, that's a, that, that's Back that's one of the things that has led to the six and six record for the Thunder so far this season, is that they've mostly had their guys. Yeah, and that's these other teams like Miami's been decimated by the coronavirus stuff. Um, obviously, Philly has been a team that had to miss they had to miss the entire game yesterday. Mm-hmm. So there's one advantage this season that teams will have if they can kind of lock down their players. Um, is to just have a healthy team, a yeah. team that doesn't that doesn't that isn't a part of contract tracing. Yeah, it doesn't really tell you how good that team is uh, overall. It's just it's just going to tell you that in the regular season, if you're healthy and you have all your players available, then you're going to win games. And yeah, this is it basically. Um, this is why they have six wins by now. Um, if you face the Brooklyn Nets on their own court with Kyrie and KD, there's little chances that you can really um, win that game. And and yeah, I mean, you can make the case for other games that OKC end up winning, uh, ended up winning in, in the early part of the schedule. Again, I would not be worried, especially, well, if they go 3-2 and two somehow in this road trip, I, I will start to be really worried about the tanking thing because if you are with a positive record after this road trip then then you need to do to act like sap probably you still have to i mean portland is a team that might be interested in in horford uh, if you can concoct a trade to to ship him there it's hard it's probably not going to be possible unless you trade collins uh, Hood and and Cantor together, and probably you're not uh, there yet. You need to include Nurkic, but can Portland like? Is it okay for them to lose another season of Lillard and and McCollum? Because if you don't have Nurk, you cannot win. Full stop. There is no chance yeah. you can win. Yeah, I I don't know what they do. They're they're kind of stuck, right? Like yeah. that team that team is pretty pretty stuck. And I, th- I thought the Covington move was good, but it's clearly not. Covington hasn't been great for them. And he's not yeah. really the guy. Obviously, he was not the real missing piece for that team. Uh, also, it doesn't, it, doesn't hurt, it doesn't help that they're playing Carmelo Anthony and Ennis Cantor on the same second unit uh, in 2021. Yeah. It's just not, not a great combo, although Ennis has played pretty well so far this season. But still, I just don't think that you can. Your defense is not going to survive, and you just—they just need—they need better players around them. They need Kenrich Williams for crying out loud. <laughs> Would you do Kenrich plus Horford for Collins, uh, Nurk, and Hood? Do you think they trade Nurk? It's the second season that he's 
what's the prognosis? Uh, when he's going to be back? Like broke two, his two broken wrist. I think I don't know if it's six to eight weeks. Yeah, um, I don't know. Enough. But the point is, how many games did he play over the last three seasons? Like it's yeah, it's it is definitely a problem. it's a problem. It's, it's a problem. more for the solution to your problem is the is the question that I would have. I don't know that I would have wa- if I watched Horford all, you know, twelve games or what does he play? Yeah. Nine games this season have been like. Now that is what we need <laughs> to be a no, better team. No, for, for sure, for sure. That this is not what you really need. And you can just say, well, ship out Hood and and get George Hill, and probably you are better. Uh, but the point is, I don't know. Do do you really? Maybe, maybe you just get Muscala and Hill for Hood. That is a trade that works, and that, you give OKC an asset. Yes. Uh, and in the meantime, you wait for um, you wait for Nurk to be back. Yeah. Um, that I like. That I like for them. I think Muscala has sh- like he'd be really good with them. I think I mean, he's yeah. been really good with the Thunder for crying out loud. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. he's been a guy that is, and I almost hesitate to trade him just because he has been such a good release valve for the young guys, mm-hmm. for especially for Maladon and for Poku. As they drive, there he is always, and that's the thing with Muscala. He's always in the right spot. Yeah. He's always spacing perfectly. Yeah. And that has like legitimately helped those guys on the offensive end. Now you take him away, you're a worse I think you're a worse team. Your second unit yeah. is is quite a bit worse. And then those guys kind of have to kind of figure it out a little bit differently. Yeah. Um so I don't know if he's just a guy that you just want to keep around anyways and you just when they I don't think they're going to trade Horford this year, but if they do then you just start Roby and you keep him on the bench. And that's proven to be fine you yeah. know de- development wise because i think a guy like roby who's more of a screen and roll kind of guy is helpful to a guy like shay too like he's willing to set hard screens like the dude legitimately scares me at times with the way he's willing to sacrifice his body yeah uh so i yeah he took like pretty big hits yeah <laughs> yeah and that bulls uh, he was a big part of helping them win that game against the chicago yeah. bulls just because of his willingness to just dive on the floor and to set hard screens and to, he took a charge that was that looked horribly painful yeah um and, yeah. and, and also like speaking about muscala and the difference that he the, the things that he brings to the court i mean it's Robbie's is not a bad shooter but the spacing that Muscala provides, it's totally different due to the um, quickness of the release. Like, Mike is not hesitating one bit. He's just yeah. letting it fly. If you give him yep. 11 touches, it's probably 10 shots. Like, yeah. maybe one out of 10, you he shuffles it away. But and that provides you insane spacing. And it's so valuable. I mean, he doesn't give you defense uh, almost at all. Uh, you need to surround him with good defenders and with, with principle. And this is not what OKC is doing with him out there. It's just, well, do whatever and we'll try to be aggressive with guards, uh, drop you a bit, maybe switching in, in some cases. But this is not what Muscala brings you. But if you have um, a guy like him on the court, then the space is, is just there for you. I mean, a guy like this in, in Brooklyn will be awesome i mean i love just jeff green i mean we all know what it did to okc in the playoffs but muscala can be another guy that you just take in and it will provide you minutes when you need the spacer he, he can play 10 or 15 or 20 and he will shoot 
every single time you, you give him the ball. And he's a pretty good shooter. I mean, it's the third season that is over 35, 36%. Maybe the last two even higher. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'm I'm sure it's pretty good. Yeah, he's he's proven himself to be just a solid role player. Yeah, a guy off the bench that just helps. So, exactly. I mean, and that's I think he's gonna he'll be in the league for a while just because I mean Steve Novak played in the league for a long time. Yeah. Just because he was that guy. And I think he's a little bit better than Novak. Maybe not a better shooter, but like overall, I think he brings a little bit more uh to the court than what Novak did uh, yeah. back yeah. in his day. So Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, <laughs> I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Okay, Michele, let's move on. We have a Thunder Stats deep dive here on the first 12 games of the season. We thought it would be 13, but it's only 12. Yeah, and uh, to be honest with you, I prepared yesterday, so it would have been 12 anyway. No, 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 I'm honest. Um, (laughs) And I think OKC is really weird uh, as a team statistically because they, they have some statistics that i don't understand uh and yeah. others that i i want well let's start with some team wise um team statistics they are sixth in three point attempts this is this is like clear uh, they are really trying to maximize uh their points per possession by shooting a ton of trees um we just spoke about muscala uh it's not just him it's everyone when you like i don't think that there is a player without a green light from three even Diallo can take any trees that he wants. I'm not sure that yeah. there is a guy that has no green light, which is totally agree. Which totally is, agree. Yeah, a good way to again kill the variance and and play the variance to your odds. There are nights mm-hmm. uh, where you shoot forty percent and you just win. Uh, now the other category where it's clear that they have purpose in its drives. They are first in drive per game and first in free throws out of drives. This was kind of surprising to me because, yeah, they they are at the free throw line a bunch, but not too much. And when I checked the overall numbers, they are 19th in free throw attempts overall. Hmm. So it basically means that either they are driving and getting to the free throw line or they they, they cannot get there. 
which is kind of surprising. It may be that they are not in the bonus very often, and when they are, they are not really trying to get a, get the best of it. And this is something that I remember discussing with John early in the season about Shea. I mean, last season, when Chris Paul knew that OKC was in the bonus, it was automatic, just oh, trying yeah. to, to get fouls. Just just add, go ahead and add four points to the board for the Thunder exactly. once they hit the bonus. Yeah. But, but those are important things that OKC is not leveraging right now. And I don't mm-hmm. think it's very hard to adjust to it. And mm-hmm. and this is scary because if you think that they are already, um, that they are a bad um, offensive team and an okay defensive one, there is a clear way to improve what they are doing offensively by trying to get to the to the line a lot and 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 leverage the the, um, the bonus. And I think that also Shea, who is probably the best in, uh, at driving the basketball as of now, he's not getting calls, which is something that. I think as soon as Zach Lowe or someone like that writes a very good article on Shea about how good it is at driving, then things may start changing a little bit. So I'm a little bit scared about this free throw, which is like something that can improve OKC's offense by two, three points per 100 possession in in a very, very easy way. they are also third in catch-and-shoot opportunities. They are not shooting very well out of those uh, 51% effective field goal, which is 21st in the league, but they are taking a ton of those opportunities. And yeah. and again, not just threes, but they're also taking twos that are from catch-and-shoot opportunities. Mike Muscala, over the last few games, is placing himself uh, on the on the baseline. Maybe Horford is doing that as well. And these are these these are shots that you don't necessarily like, but but those are okay. Um, on on the contrary, they are very very low in in pull ups, twenty seventh uh, in terms of um, uh, volume, and they are quite bad in terms of efficiency, forty four percent. Last, that's because like like who like who pulls up? Yeah, Shea? probably Shay Diallo. <laughs> Diallo Dort <will> pull up. <laughs> Dort did that. We've had we've had a few Dort pull ups. Yeah. That that still drives me crazy. That a guy like like him who couldn't keep his leg under the um, his like, like under his body when he was shoot, shooting trees at Arizona State, now yeah. is now is getting pull up attempts and they look <laughs> good. Man, he was so, he was so good against the Bulls. He was unreal on both yeah. ends. Yeah. I mean, he was he was Obviously, Shea was spectacular, and like Shea was like the true catalyst behind that comeback. Mm-hmm. But Dort just hitting threes and playing hard defense and getting steals from I mean, that Bulls team, and they've they've gotten some good wins this year. But the Bulls just completely let go of the rope once they got up twenty. I mean, they just yeah. completely let go. Is this a Billy Donovan thing? I <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It could be. It it definitely could be. But I think it's also the Bulls don't have a point guard or like a steadying force on their team at all, right? Yes, but I always had the feeling that Billy Donovan's team were prone to this issue. Maybe it's yeah. not. Maybe it's just 
like recency bias and the fact that when it happens, you clearly remember it. When it doesn't, you clearly forget about it. And Russ's MVP season was full of comebacks. So maybe I'm just making this up in my mind, but I cannot shake off like a few teams where like, it's not that Billy was doing something great to, to help them. Not even mm-hmm. against Chicago. I mean, you see two trees going in. Just call a timeout. And yeah. if it happens there, again, call another. Like, it was not that like that. Done. Yeah. yeah. Or just don't foul Shea once he gets to the rim when you're down three when you're yeah. or when your team's up three. Like, just yeah. don't foul him. Let him shoot it. Just let yeah. the guy shoot it. If he makes it, you're still winning and you have the ball. And then you <laughs> yeah. get fouled. You get to play the free throw game and you get to see how it plays out. Instead, they foul him. And a lot of that goes credit to Shea. Yeah. But, and that was, that was a gutsy move. I mean, I watched that play over and over again, and I'm yeah. just kind of baffled. He just kind of snaked around uh, inside the lane and got that shot off and fouled and made it. But let's let's say he didn't get fouled, and he just makes it. Yeah, that's, you still put yourself at better odds to win, but, man, I'd say almost every other team in the league takes a three in that moment. Yeah. Like almost every other team. But you know, credits to Shea for for getting getting fouled and getting the win for the Thunder. But that was gutsy, it was super gutsy. Yeah, I have a few stats on Shea. Um, I don't know if we should stop the Thunder talk and focus a little bit on Shea right now, since you mentioned sure. him. Yeah, uh, uh, it's the fourth time that I'm banging my head against the microphone, and it's probably <laughs> <laughs> it's probably <laughs> well. Uh, anyway, uh, it's, it's whatever. I'm hungry. I still have to need to have dinner. So uh, let's blame you on the carbs that I'm missing. So, Shea Gilgis Alexander, the offense is, according to Cleaning the Glass, 17.8 points better when he's on the court. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Can you guess his stats over? The last five games because I, I was looking to into trends uh cleaning the glass yeah. is an awesome site and yeah. if you love the nba you just have to subscribe because not only you get you get really great stats that you cannot get anywhere else uh in that with that particular um idea that ben folk has but right now they are doing some Set like like some online course how to watch games which is oh yeah which is great and and again you you can learn uh, a lot, but anyway, um, I was looking into trends, and basically everything was trending up for Shea over the past few games. But can you guess his points per game average, um, number of shots, and free throw attempts per game? Uh, points per game, twenty-eight points per game, fifteen shots per game, and seven free throws per game. You were very close on the attempts, uh, 14.2 and 6.8. Points, not quite, 25.2 on 69.7 effective field goal. (laughs) That's insane. The perfect percentage. Yeah. And be aware, this is uh, oh no, this is uh, regular NBA stats, uh, the one that uh, of the last five games. Almost 70% effective field goal. He was crazy efficient. And this, mm-hmm. I always, when I watch Shay, now I have Alex Pierce's voice in my mind that always asks me, what is he great at? Yeah. And he mentioned over in, in uh, on Wednesday pod, I think, 
about free throws and the fact that he's good in drives. I think that Shea could be an efficient, a very, very efficient scorer, which is what you want when you have an alpha guy that takes, I don't know, 25 shots. You want the second guy uh, to be extremely efficient. Now, I'm not yet convinced that Shea, Shea's destiny is to be number two. Um, maybe it will be number two in OKC. But mm-hmm. to me, uh, even if it's very unlikely, I would put it at 5%, maybe less, that he's the guy. The last five games, if you, if you look, if this is Shea, and clearly mm-hmm. five games is not a very good sample to determine who Shea is, then he is quite good at doing a lot of stuff, including involving his teammates, because his main yeah. focus is not scoring for himself, but he's being dangerous enough to manipulate the defense and create for others. And if your best player on the court is doing that, you're in a very, very good spot. Well, and that five games also includes a stinker against the Lakers. Exactly. He wasn't wasn't very good. So it's not just like five outlier games for him. Yeah, I th- honestly, I, I still hold to the fact that I think that he's not going to be a number one guy for mm-hmm. this Thunder team, but... What he did against Chicago was impressive. And he took advantage of, frankly, a really bad Chicago defense. Yeah. I mean, they were allowing him to do whatever he wanted. They're just chasing him around. And he recognized that and he took advantage. And that's and that's the thing to me that is really impressive about him is that he, this season in particular, is reading the defenses really well. Yeah. And is figuring out, like, picking his spots. And against the Bulls, it was like, okay, I'm going to go, I'm going to go get mine because they're going to give me whatever I want. And he did against the Spurs. He was going at them and then their defense adjusted. And with the adjustment, he made his adjustment and was like, okay, well, I'm going to go find my teammates. Yeah. And it didn't end up working out for them in the win category, but it did show an ability in Shea to change and to adapt to the defenses and to try to find the holes in the defenses and to me that that's really impressive now i think we'll learn a lot about who shea is and who this team is over the course of this road trip yeah because definitely playing against chicago playing against the spurs team playing against kind of a depleted brooklyn team playing against the knicks okay did you it's good did like you just called like, kd depleted I'll call him depleted for the rest of my life. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> depleted of a soul is what that man is. Um, I would I would say that we'll learn a lot yeah. about who he is over the course of the next five games because mostly they played bad teams except for the best team. And against the best team, he wasn't so good. Yeah. And so let's see. Like, Denver's a good team. Yes. Like, they're, they're a really good team. Uh, the Clippers have been great. That's that's honestly one of the things that has kind of gone under the radar is how good like Paul George and the Clippers have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't hear a lot of talk about that mostly because I think people don't want to talk about how good Paul George is. Yeah, they don't trust him. <laughs> yeah, it's, I don't it's, either. Yeah, good good on everybody. And then Portland is solid, and then Phoenix has been really good this year. Yeah. So let's let's see. And I also that Phoenix game. Be sure to tune in. He him versus. Chris should be oh, really fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was already it fun should... against Dennis. I thought it they... was fun against Dennis. Yeah. yeah, just to watch those two and to watch him versus Chris Paul is going to be a really fun matchup. So yeah, maybe we we give two weeks, right? Yeah, like we got 
two weeks to to kind of digest a little bit more from Shea and see. Because if he's averaging 25 points by that time, you know, over the course of those five mm-hmm. games, then I'll be like, okay, now let's really reevaluate. <laughs> like, let's let's actually sit down and reevaluate. Because now we've had, like, a, a large enough sample size, right? Like, mm-hmm. or at least we're close enough to a large enough sample size where we can say, okay, maybe we do need to reevaluate the future of what he could be to this franchise. But still, as of today, I would I would say that it, and even I, I don't even know if if I said this before. I probably did that. I don't even know if he's a great number two, and I think that he's clearly proven to be some, you know, somebody that can be that. Yeah, um, yeah, and also and it also makes the rebuild a lot faster. Like this rebuild is happening, and it's going to happen, and it makes it faster if you have a guy that's a top, you know, two or three guy on your team already. Yeah, exactly. And what you have to keep in mind is that last season Shea was probably when you had him and Dennis and Chris Paul on the court, number three guy in terms of pecking order and in terms of who the defense is going to guard for real. Against the Spurs, mm-hmm. you could see like Shea was number one, number two, and number three priority for them. And now he's getting that treatment for competent from competent defenses, like not mm-hmm. the Chicago Bulls because they don't have really good defenders, but... Against the Lakers, it's probably your best defender on Shea. And this is important. You have a very good player. He's surrounded by average talent. Um, some players are like on the right path, like Lou Dort. But defenses will not take Lou Dort seriously when you have Shea Gilgis Alexander on the court. Maybe they're wrong. No. Maybe by the end of the season, Lou Dort will have gravity enough to give uh, Shea some space. But, but this is a real test for Shea. As a number one guy, he's playing like a number one guy. Now, mm-hmm. this is not correlated very well to winning, uh, also because of talent. But it's correlating better than what I expected to winning. Yeah. Because another stat that I want to point out, and then it's, uh, it's a question for you. Um, the clutch numbers are still great for Shea. Last season, he was very good. He was second on the team behind Chris Paul. And now he's scoring 22 points per game, um, 51 effective field goal, and almost six free throw attempts. Um, Sorry, 57% effective field goal in clutch time. Not too many possessions uh, as of today, but Mm -hmm. a a good chunk. So you have a guy that is clearly good in clutch moments and that is carrying a team by himself. This is something to me. And again, yeah. I'm not saying that he he is an alpha uh, or he's the main guy. And and even if he is, there's no guarantee that if you if you're not like a top 2, top 3, top 5 player, then is it's rarely correlating to winning, even if you are like a franchise player like Bradley Beal. Sure. Bradley Beal was the number 1 guy, but I don't think that a team with Bradley Beal as number 1 player will ever win a title. Same with Jimmy Butler. Yeah, we're seeing that with... (laughs) I mean, he's been able to put up tremendous numbers, but the the Wizards haven't been good in a long time. Exactly. So, and again, having a number two like Shea, I think would be awesome in the future. And the more I watch him, the more I think that a guy like KD with that skill set, like a tall, long guy that can curl off screen and, and shoot from wherever without the the need of having the ball in his hands is the perfect pairing for a guy like Shea. Yeah. Well, it also makes me more excited. Like if the Thunder did get into the top three 
and Evan Mobley fell to them. Yeah. Like his ability to, like I said earlier, read defenses and to find guys and to be a point guard. Cause I didn't know if he was mm-hmm. honestly, I don't think the thunder knew before this season exactly what he was. And they're going to give him every chance to be that. And he's already proven pretty early on. They're like, Oh, okay. Like that's, that's there. Mm-hmm. I don't think that you can question that, that that's there. And so I think it would make me more confident in, in bringing in a guy like that, who's going to be a good pick and roll, pick and pop partner for him. Mm-hmm. And right now, like Horford is just, you know, whatever is going on with Horford, it's just not, it hadn't been there so far this season. And so if you, no. if you add an elite talent yeah. at the big spot next to him, and you have an elite shooter on the wing like Lou Dort, <laughs> there's your recipe. Seriously, though. I'm starting to question my ability to evaluate anything uh, because Lou Dort, <laughs> Lou Dort's shooting, it's, I mean, I know that I bet you 29.5%, but I bet you 29.5%. I'd say, well, maybe he will end up being a 32, 32.5% shooter. And it was really like, it was a, it was a bold take. I thought take. you were nuts. I thought you were nuts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But this, like, no, this was not in my mind at all. Like, he's taking pull-ups from three, not just from mid-range, which is probably harder. Uh, but, like, man, this, that guy is incredible. <laughs> and, and like, doing that plus being the best defender out there every single night, it's... There's, it's just, there, and I'll tell you this. There's more. There is more. Yeah. To Lou Dort. Yeah. Still. And uh, the the Lou Dort story is a tremendous one, and I feel like, from what I've seen this year from him, there is a a lot more to uncover with this guy. He's not just three and D. I firmly believe that. I don't he, know if he, he can clearly get to doesn't an elite want level. to be that. No, like he wants to be great, and. I don't know. It's going to be very fun to watch. I mean, he's still very, very young. And he's he went from a guy that I thought, okay, he's a nice role player on a contending team. No. No, no, no. I think there's I think there's a lot more than that. Yeah. Um one point from the chat uh, about Shay and then I'll I'll ask you a few questions. Um is uh, Jesse Smith asked, is usage rate too low? Probably, possibly. Uh, I had I had the feeling that in one or two games, he could have... Like, I don't want to say, like, look for himself a little bit more, but kind of. I mean, in some sense, sometimes uh, being a little bit more involved at the end of the games and just taking a little bit more of responsibility may free up space for others better. So by doing a little bit more from you, and, and not I'm not saying taking 25 shots a game, but maybe yeah. you, you settle around 15 as an average. I think that the last five games, in terms of free throw attempts and, and field goals, which are uh, 14.2 and 7, uh, almost 7, these are the right numbers for Shea. Uh, I don't expect him to have 70% effective field goal on those, uh, but but this is no I don't uh, but but yeah I think that these are the, the right numbers and I think that with that yeah. the the user rate could go a little bit higher. Yep. 
Don't disagree. What's up, Penny? We got Bangelo up here on the chat. Welcome. Welcome to our little lunch chat or dinner chat. Although I haven't had lunch and McKelly hasn't had dinner. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, can you guess? First question for Andrew. Are we ready? I'm ready. I'm okay. always ready. Yeah. Can you guess the net rating of the team when either Isaiah Robbie or Justin Jackson are on the court and Hill and Horford are on the bench? 207. 250 possessions. Minus seven. Okay. Are you really thinking that Justin Jackson could have just minus seven as net rating? <laughs> I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying. I'm. It's New try again. Try to be, look at my face nice. and try again. <laughs> Negative <laughs> minus 15. 20.6 net rating. Oh, Amazing. <laughs> and now, now something that. I never thought it was true, uh, could be true, but it is. Can you guess the only two lineups with positive net rating and over 100 possessions for OKC? You will get one. Starting, you will, starting lineup? Yes, plus one. You need to guess because you will never get to the full uh, lineup, but... Among five names. How many possessions? How many possessions? Uh, I think a little Doesn't bit matter. above a hundred. Okay. So not 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 an, well. It's a tiny sample size, but not super tiny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you need to get three. Scala. Think out of the box. I said you would never guess it. So you need to guess at least three players in order to win this contest. Oh no. Come on. And it's positive. Hami. Yes. Mascala. Yes. <laughs> um, Teo? Yes. Okay. Did I win? What do I win? Gone. Come on. Now you can oh, get them. You can guess them. You can guess them. Come on. Uh, so, okay. Who's the guy uh, we were discussing before? Who's really good at doing one thing. But it's not the starter. Kenrich? Kenrich. And the last one, our guy, the guy of magic. Dort? Dort? No, not Dort. Poku. Poku, yes. So, Teo <laughs> Pokuszewski, Mike Muscala, Diallo, and Kenrich Williams are plus 7.3 in 100 possession, which is, Whoa. according to Clean. How many Glass. possessions is that? Uh, I think it's 100 and, and change, but I can check if you want. That's, I mean, that is interesting. Yeah, because and that lineup plays defense. Yeah. They, that's what I was about to say, is that with Poku, who is has been pretty solid yeah. as a defender, doing what he can, yeah. Kenneth Williams is a freaking truck. Yeah. Uh, Maladon will compete. Uh, Mascala's competing. And then yeah. you have just the agent of chaos and Hamadou yeah. Diallo. Yeah. That is, uh, huh. That's a, that's a wild lineup. And I really, that's one of the most... That's that's the time where I perk up during the game, right? When those guys are out there, I'm like, oh, okay. Like my my interest is peaked yeah. with with that group in particular. Look, I'm watching. I'm trying to watch not just the Thunder because even if I don't have real time to dedicate, I'm trying to wake up really early to watch NBA. Yeah, and I was watching. Uh, I think it was Brooklyn uh, against Orlando just to see how Jim Sarden would play. 
nothing compares with watching Shea and Poku together on the court. I just want to see <laughs> Pokushevsky. It's it's a, like it's not something reasonable. I know that I'm being yeah. unreasonable. It's Kevin yeah. Durant and James freaking Harden. And when mm. Poku steps on the court, I'm genuinely super duper into watching him develop into a player. And yeah. I don't know. I cannot help myself. It's uh, it's like Jay. Uh, whenever Poku's on the court, I'm there. I'm just... I, I hey, love that. The possibilities are endless. I mean, they're literally yeah. endless with yeah. them. Any Anything could happen. He could take the ball off the rim and go dunk it on the other end, or he could throw the ball into the stands where there would be normally people. But actually, it, was this a preseason game? I can't remember. When he... But, the ball, the ball was against thrown, the... thrown into the stands yeah. on like the end where the ball is, and it had to roll back down to whoever the play- it was against the Jazz. It was yeah. Donovan Mitchell. Now I'm remembering it. Yeah, yeah it, was, it, was it was calling for the ball. <laughs> yeah, he was like, "Come on!" Come on. <laughs> but that's a Poku. That's a Poku. Yeah, one. Was... I don't know if that. I don't think that was Poku, but that's definitely a possibility. Yeah, there was another play which was like so off. For for the NBA standards, where he basically tried to pass the ball and he went over the backboard or on the back slammed into the backboard. I was there live. Yeah, it was like genuinely shocking to everyone that was in. I mean, it exactly. was there like forty five people in the in the building. Yeah. Like we're all like, oh, okay, what is happening with the, with this guy? And yet, <laughs> like he is improving night in and night out, and I'm yeah. convinced. The more catch and shoot opportunities he gets, the better for his three point shoot, uh, three point percentage. Because I think that the shot is no there. Yeah. What do you say to people that hate his form? That I I attribute most of it to a lack of strength. Uh, the fact that he's launching the ball with his full body is because he he's not strong enough to be mm-hmm. able to remember. Like again, I. I need to stop myself comparing KD to to Pokushevsky. Um, yeah, you should. I but should. But continue. In ter- <laughs> yes. Um, so take out everything except for the body type. KD yeah. had issues, like real issues, uh, lifting when he was. I, I don't remember how many lips that was. Uh, it was ninety, probably ninety pounds, maybe less. 80 pounds that he couldn't Yeah, I think lift. 85 pounds, maybe. I yeah, don't, something I don't like that. I don't know exactly. Which is something exactly, that but. like anyone with reasonable training can do, um, even at a yeah. younger age. Yeah, Pogo yeah. is not strong enough. And KD had issues um, shooting threes early in his career, also because of a lack of strength. It was way more comfortable shooting from, like I would say, a closer range. Uh, you can... You can yeah go ahead and, and look at the number of attempts and you will see, well, it was a different basketball back then, but in college, KD was shooting from three. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, and, and Poku was doing it uh, with a different motion in, in Europe. So I, I really think that being three feet back compared to Europe is doing a lot uh, in terms of you, you need a, a little bit more of strength and he's not fully controlling that motion. You can see that uh, some of it is there also in the pull-up game, um, but some some is not. Like the legs mm-hmm. are just all over the place when he when he shots from from deep, and and yeah. Um, so 
I, I'm yeah, com- James Anderson says it was 185 pounds. Oh, he couldn't do it once. Well, I'll, I'll trust you. I thought it was lower than that, but anyway, I did too. 185 but- seems something okay. I mean, I'm not sure everyone in the draft could could do that. It's heavy. Hmm. It's very. Heavy. I can. Uh, I can do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can't either. I, well, I n- not now. Either. Not now. I used to when I was doing like other stuff in my life, but not oh. now. Oh. And yeah, I was uh, I was doing martial arts when I was 18. Judo. Everybody better watch out. No, I'm, I'm not that guy anymore. Chop. I'm not that guy anymore. Uh, but the, they made Still me they made me lift when I was younger and then I quit <laughs> because it was not my thing. <laughs> oh, I'm excited to watch Poku against the uh the Nuggets. I think that'll be a really fun matchup. Yeah. Cuz they don't really have any I mean, they don't. That's the fun thing about the Nuggets. They don't really have any defenders, and so yeah, you know, we'll see. I wonder. If, it'll be open. Yeah, I wonder how Shea does against that def- that known defense. Yeah, I, I am very intrigued as well. I think that we'll. I think that we could have a big Shea game in Denver tomorrow night. We'll see. Time to get. Home. You have other questions? You have other questions for me, or is that it? Um, can we get some food? Does does that yes does this qualify? Yes, that definitely qualifies. I would like to go get some food as well. Uh, again, the Thunder play. Let's see, Denver Clippers Clippers. What's your what's your prediction for their record, Michele? For the next five again, one and four. How about just the next three? We'll talk again on Monday before the Portland game. Oh and three, oh and three. Yeah, that's my prediction too. Denver's Denver's good. Yeah. I watched. They lost to the Jazz last night, but they're they're good. Like we don't have Jokic, yeah. Jokic is so good. Yeah, quickly, the 29th ranked defense in post up, that is OKC or 27th. Um, oh yeah, something like that. It's gonna feast. And Jokic feast. will not fool around. I mean, these are the this is the classic game where either he some, for some reason is taking three shots, but I don't think it's the case because they need to, to win. And Malone will tell him just just go down there and just score every single time. And Jokic is a very, very, very good post-up player. And OKC has mm. no one that can guard him. Maybe Dort can do the best job. This is a real Dort. take. Because no one can guard in the post. Horford, maybe. But it's probably not... Um, uh, is it already um, known that he's not part of the road trip? Or there is still chances for him to play? Horford, I mean... I don't know. I don't know for sure. Okay. I, I think there's still a chance that he plays. Well, if he's there, then yes, he's the best defender. But the second best is is really Ludort. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, we haven't we haven't even said the name Darius Baisley on this podcast. I don't think he's in like a little mini slump here yeah. after having like really nice three game stretch. This is just this is called being a young player. So if you're like, you can't be on again, off again with him. You just have to know like, this is called being a young player and this is what happens with young players that aren't elite or yet or they're not elite yet you know this is just what this is just what these guys are so just continue to watch yeah he'll he'll bounce back he'll have a good game in the next five games and you'll you'll be back on again but just don't don't ever jump off because i think he's a good player yeah he is and and probably with better i think that he needs to take a little bit more uh of a focus on his shot selection because over the yeah. past five games was not good at all. 
yeah. and maybe trying to get to the easy things first. And if if it is your night, then trying to expand. Would maybe he was not the guy who showed up in New York and like or Orlando where he was could just getting right. anything he wanted. Uh, maybe he's not that guy. Probably he's not that guy. But if he's a little bit more judicious with his shot selection, I think that deficiency will come up again. Yeah. Also, the ankle has been yeah. a problem. Too. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Uh, thanks so much for listening to our show. Hope you guys follow us on Twitter at Down to Dunk. You can follow McKelly on Twitter at Mikey Bear. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew K. Schlecht. Go to theathletic.com slash down to dunk and get the athletic for $3.99 a month. You can go read the story about Kevin Porter Jr. on the athletic and go read the story today that was released by Sam Amick and Kelly Eco about the unfolding of the James Harden trade from Houston to Brooklyn. It's very, very good. Lots of details in there that you can't get anywhere else. So make sure that you go do that. And you can also get this podcast ad free. So if you like all the athletic podcasts, there's tons of very, very good ones. You should be listening to the Athletic NBA show, The Daily Ding. You can get all of those ad-free with a subscription for just $3.99 a month. That's just not very much. That's just That doesn't seem right. Can that be right? Is that a misprint? I don't think it is. Go check it out. Hope you guys have a great day. We'll talk to you again on Wednesday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.